to see you all here and a welcome if uh, you're a visitor with us today. It's great to have you along. Looking around to see a few faces we haven't seen for a while. And it's lovely to, to welcome you back to, to worship at Bolhelvy. And uh, Robert and Jeanette are back from Australia. We can see the tan despite the masks. So evidently you've had a great time, but welcome back. It's lovely to have you back with us. We're going to uh, begin shortly, but before then, just uh, one or two wee uh, announcements. Um, with the, the lifting of restrictions, we've decided in Bolhelvy that if you, if you want to wear a mask, that's fine. If you don't want to wear a mask, that's also fine. But we are asking those of you who wish to sing out without a mask to move forwards from under the balcony. So if, you, if you're concerned and you want to just make sure that you're, you're safe, sit under the balcony. If you want to belt out the hymns without a mask, just come forward from underneath the balcony. And that'll keep us all right. There's more headspace here, more airspace. And that was our thinking, so thank you for uh, doing that, um, those of you who've moved forwards. And then I'm just obliged to, to read to you this um, edict that's come from the Presbytery of Gordon. This has to be read on two Sundays, and it's in relation to the Presbytery plan. I'm sure you've been reading lots about this. Uh, we know that Aberdeen has had to do it. All the Presbyteries are having to uh, look at how we continue to sustain ministry across the geography that we have with fewer ministers and possibly fewer buildings. It's going to mean unions and linkages, and we're uh, very much involved in that, as is every Church of Scotland congregation. Um, so this is what I have to read for the next two Sundays. Uh, notice is hereby given that in connection with the Presbytery Mission Plan, the Presbytery Plan Review Group will present the proposed Presbytery Mission Plan to the Presbytery of Gordon at its May meeting. Each congregation is cited to attend in its own interest. Uh, the Presbytery will meet to consider this matter at Inverurie West Church on Tuesday the 3rd of May at 7.30pm. Congregations can address Presbytery through their Presbytery Elder or Minister or Interim Moderator or a designated spokesperson and all will be heard by order of the Presbytery, Ewan Glenn, Presbytery Clark. So, uh, May the 3rd is when we'll be looking at the content of the Presbytery Plan and voting on it. Um, we're not sure at the moment quite what the state of play is, what the, the way the, the proposed plan is being received. Certainly in our area, we feel we have a lot more conversations to be having before we can conclusively agree a way forward. So in our little area group, we don't feel that we're quite at a place where we can uh, go with the Presbytery Plan at the moment because we're just not uh, resolved that their way forward is necessarily the right way for us. It may be, but we feel we haven't had enough time to explore it. Um, so I'll be speaking with, with Alistair, Ellen and uh, Ibidun, who's the interim moderator at uh, Foveran, and trying to see what can be done in advance of Tuesday, or sorry, a week on Tuesday. Uh, but we'll keep you posted as we know more, but certainly change is coming um, in some shape or form. So those are all our announcements. So let's begin our worship this morning. Uh, on the first Sunday after Easter, in the words of an Easter hymn, hymn number 427, Alleluia, Alleluia.
Let's pray together now. Lord Jesus, we welcome you in your risen glory. It looked like your way of love was a dead end, leading only to a cross. Now we see that it is the way of life. It looked like your whole life was wasted. Now we know that it was gloriously worthwhile. It looked like your suffering was pointless. Now we can discern God's purpose through it. It looked like death was the end of you. Now we know that God's power transcends even death. So Lord Jesus, we welcome you, risen from the dead, and the good news that your resurrection brings for all of us. Risen Lord, you appeared to different people at different places and different times. To Mary and the other woman in the garden. To Cleopas and his companion on the Emmaus Road. To the fearful disciples gathered in the upper room. To Thomas, full of doubt and despondency. And to your followers in Galilee. Each had their own unique meeting with you. And it was only when you met with them face to face that the truth dawned. Only then that they dared to believe that you were alive. Lord, we can't see you quite as they did. But we too can meet with you and experience the reality of your presence in the depths of our hearts. So meet with us this morning through your Holy Spirit as we worship you and as we gather in your name in this joyful Easter season. So hear these and all our silent prayers because we bring them in the name of our friend and our Saviour Jesus the Christ. And in his name we pray together saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Two readings for you this morning. Um, both of them are post-resurrection stories. The first is from John's Gospel, John chapter 20, and then a longer one from Luke, Luke 24, and Anne Christie's going to read for us. Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene. When the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. 
At this, she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was a gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. The second reading is taken from Luke chapter 24. On the road to Amos. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Amos, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, called Cleopas, asked him, are you only a visitor to Jerusalem and do not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early in the morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not Christ have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village, to which they were going. Jesus acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. 
So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Thanks, Sam. Our next hymn uh, picks up on some of those stories. It's number 433, and it's called, Haven't You Heard That Jesus Is Risen?
Now what we're going to do now is uh, watch a, a short video, and you might be wondering why on earth we're watching this video this morning, but all will become clear. Hi, I'm Richard, this is Sarah, and we're going to perform the amazing colour-changing card trick with this blue-backed deck of cards. Now the idea is very simple. I'm just going to spread the cards in front of Sarah and ask her to push any card towards the camera. Right, okay, let's see. I'm going to go for this card here. Okay. Now Sarah could have selected any card at all from the deck, but she selected the card which is now face down on the table. What I'm going to ask her to do is show us which card she selected. Right, so the card that I chose was in fact the Three of Diamonds. The Three of Diamonds, okay, an excellent choice. That card goes back into the deck. Now I'm just going to spread the cards face up on the table. Give a little click of the fingers, and you'll see that Sarah's card here has now got a blue back. Not particularly surprising. What's slightly more surprising is all of the other cards have got red backs. And that is the amazing colour-changing card trick. Hi, I'm Richard, this is Sarah, and we're going to perform the amazing colour-changing card trick with this blue-backed deck of cards. Now the idea is very simple. I'm just going to spread the cards in front of Sarah and ask her to push any card towards the camera. Right, okay, let's see. I'm going to go for this card here. Okay. Now Sarah could have selected any card at all from the deck, but she selected the card which is now face down on the table. And what I'm going to ask her to do is show us which card she selected. Right, so the card that I chose was in fact the Three of Diamonds. The Three of Diamonds, okay, an excellent choice. That card goes back into the deck. Now I'm just going to spread the cards face up on the table. Give a little click of the fingers, and you'll see that Sarah's card here has now got a blue back. Not particularly surprising. What's slightly more surprising is all of the other cards have got red backs. And that is the amazing colour-changing card trick. Well, I wonder how many of you uh, noticed all those other things that were going on as you watched the card trick. I know I didn't notice any myself the first time I watched that video. And that's because our minds tend to practice what psychologists call selective attention. And all that means is that when we're really focused on something, we tend to miss a whole lot of other stuff that's going on at the same time. And that's always struck me as one plausible reason why the folk in the stories of Jesus' resurrection appearances meet him, but don't recognize him at first. Now, maybe Jesus was trying to disguise himself. It doesn't take much to hide your identity. Uh, a hood over your head or a scarf over your mouth does it. And I don't know about you, but I know that over the past couple of years, there have been several times when I've passed people that I know in the street 
people I know really well and I haven't recognized them because they've been wearing a hat that's covered their hair and a mask that's covered their nose and their mouth. And I just haven't clicked that it's them. Maybe Jesus was choosing to keep a low profile. That would make sense if the authorities were suddenly very interested in his whereabouts with all these rumors of empty tombs going around. Or maybe there was something spiritual going on. It sounds like Cleopas and his companion might have been kept from recognizing Jesus in some way. When Luke says, then their eyes were opened right at the end of the Emmaus story, it makes it sound like there is more going on here than meets the eye. Or maybe this card illustration has something to say to us this morning on this subject. Maybe people are struggling to recognize Jesus because their focus is somewhere else. We were to watch that video again, and instead of watching the cards so closely, we paid more attention to what else was going on in the room. We probably wouldn't have missed those quite obvious changes. And I've said it many times before, but it does bear repeating. Where we look determines what we see. Where we look determines what we see. Poor Mary is grief-stricken. She's confused. The only things that she can bring her focus to are her pain and her loss. And she's holding them to herself so tightly that she misses the Jesus who's right there with her. And it's only when he speaks her name in tones that she knows so well that she realizes who he is. Unless we make the mistake of thinking it's just women who get emotional in the heat of the moment, take note, Kenny Shields, Google that name if you don't know it and read the story. Um, Luke reminds us that Cleopas and his friend are just as bereft at Christ's death as Mary is. As they trudge the, the seven miles to Emmaus in the long shadow of Good Friday, their hearts are heavy with loss and with worry about the future. So much so that they almost miss the Christ who's with them in the present. It's only as he opens up the scriptures to them, and remember that's the Old Testament scriptures, because the New Testament hadn't been written at this stage, and as he sits down and breaks bread with them, that they realize who has been with them all along. According to Matthew, the last words of the risen Christ before his ascension were, I will be with you always. And that means that the Christ is always with us through his spirit. The real question is, are we able to perceive him in the middle of everything that distracts us in life, the good and the bad together? You know, I think most of us don't really need to be driven to distraction because we're already living there most of the time. Distracted by work, by worries, by our pastimes and our hobbies, by money, relationships and health concerns. We're only human after all. But it's in that very humanity, in the real situations of our lives, that Christ wants to meet us. 
looking to him in those moments isn't going to magic our troubles away but what it will do is help us to see them in a different way they won't be all that's on the horizon any longer they won't get to have the last word so is something possessing you just now some worry or some fear some set of circumstances that you know you have to deal with or are you deliberately keeping yourself preoccupied so you don't have to think too much about life and faith and where it's all going in the midst of it all Jesus calls us by our names as he did for Mary he knows us he knows who we are and he knows how we are and he gives himself to us in the sustenance of life-giving words and bread and wine that nourish our souls and that strengthen us for the road that's still to come just like the two that he met that day on the road to Emmaus Christ is with us we need to work at remembering and noticing that he's actually here and we're going to end this time together by practicing that a little we're going to practice paying attention to the God who is already with us in Christ through his spirit and we're going to end this time with five or six minutes of contemplative prayer we're going to take our time over this it's not going to be a rush but we're going to hear some quiet meditative music produced by a Christian artist who goes by the name of Wilderthorne and we're going to very consciously and deliberately take some time to be still and to remember just who is with us in the middle of whatever is happening in our lives just now so I'd invite you to make yourself comfortable and adopt whatever posture of prayer you find helpful and use this time and space to step away from whatever is occupying your thoughts this morning, even just for a few moments, so you can be fully present to God. And the words that will accompany this meditation, and there aren't many, pick up on the psalmist. And they are, be still and know that Christ is with you. Thank you.
be still and know that Christ is with you. still and know Christ.
Christ's peace be with you. Let us pray. Risen Lord, you are with us. Help us not just to believe that in our minds, but to feel it in our hearts and to know it in our bones. For we ask it in Christ's name. Next hymn is E Still and No, and we'll remain seated to sing this one. And Sharon's going to come now and lead us in our prayers for others. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you for the precious gift of your Son Jesus, who died on the cross and rose again on the third day for our sins. We thank you for his presence with us, 
his almighty shadow that goes before us. Thank you, Jesus, that you are near and that our future is secure with you. O oh Lord, help us to trust you with the decisions for our future. Encourage us to lean on you with all our heart instead of relying on our own imperfect understanding. Give us clear guidance in our lives. Lord, as we follow you, knowing that you are beside us, we know that you will direct our paths and that we can have confidence in your direction as it's always the best way to go. Therefore, be with us always so that you may guide our actions, thoughts and wishes that they may good, be good and according to your holy will. We pray for those who mourn. May they take comfort in knowing that you have prepared a place for their loved ones. We pray for those facing hardship, poverty, poor physical and mental health, homelessness and addiction. We know that you understand their struggle. Help them to hear your word and know your love. We ask for your blessing on those who work to ease their plight. We also ask for your help for those who care for loved ones, often at great personal cost to themselves. Give them the strength that they need to carry on. In this time of conflict between nations and factions around the globe, we celebrate God and his love, which brings humankind together as one. May his peace conquer conflict and may his love be more powerful than hate. We pray especially for the people of Ukraine, young and old, that the war there will cease. Protect those whose only desire is to live in peace and security. Comfort those who live in fear of their lives and for those of their loved ones. May justice prevail and bring peace. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, Anne. We close our worship this morning in the words of hymn number 470, Jesus shall reign where'er the sun.
now go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forevermore.